0: three
1: two one hello and welcome to another episode of a humanistic perspective this week we have the pleasure of sitting down with chris and chris and chad for another amazing episode and we're going to get deep diving in here um chris i want to thank you so much for coming on
2: hell yeah uh chris kind of told me about you guys podcast and i was like might as well
1: yeah of course (laughs) So um, I wanted to start with, so what, are, what is your age currently? Where are you at in your life right now? And then maybe let's go way back to the beginning. Let's, let's as much as you want, your life story share for us.
2: For sure. Uh, well, I'm 22. Uh, I actually just turned 22 last week. Um, Congrats. I was born, Happy birthday. Thank you. I was born exactly one month after the other Chris.
1: Before. <laughs> now, were Before. you born in Illinois? Like, I know you're from the area, correct? Right?
2: Yes. Yeah. So I was born originally in Chicago. Um, oh, yeah. So lived there until uh, I was about four. I uh, lived in River Grove, Illinois, uh, which yeah. is like, like right outside the city. Um, from there, I moved to Bartlett, Illinois.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then from there, I moved to Montgomery. And then
1: you were just, did you actually go to Yorkville with us?
2: So I went to Yorkville middle school uh, for seventh okay. and eighth grade. That's hey, it. Yeah. What um, team were you
1: on? Do you remember uh, that? Yes.
2: Yes. Actually. I forgot so.
1: about the team, bro. <laughs>
2: oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh seventh grade, I was on energy. And okay. eighth grade, I was on <laughs> fusion.
1: Hell bro, yeah. the name. I was on, I think I was on, I don't, I don't know if I'm misspoken here, but energy and alliance, if those were okay. ones.
2: Those yes. those were, I think. Yeah.
1: I was Chris, only on, I think I was only Team Fusion. You were. I was eighth. So grade.
2: yeah. Yep. So. That's when me and Chris met, uh, was eighth grade. No way. Uh, and like, were you guys hitting it ago. off
1: all the time? Were you like uh, best friends at the time? You, oh, yeah.
2: absolutely. Lived down the so street the, yeah. We lived about two blocks away from each other. Um, in eighth grade, once he moved in and everything, but the first like actual conversation we ever had, uh, I was sitting on the bus playing some like stick man, like snowboarding game.
0: Yeah. And this
2: dude this dude just pops his head up from the seat behind me. He's like, bro, that game looked dope. Yeah. <laughs> so he jumped seats and we just started talking and found out he lived two blocks away from me. we actually had the same history class with our OCD history teacher, yeah, uh, sure Mr. Rice. Mr. Rice, Mr. Rice, Th- that man instructor, right? Yeah. 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 He was so bad. He drew Sharpie dots on the floor where the desk legs had
1: no way like,
2: no joke uh,
1: by the end of that <laughs> class- I, I, that's definitely his like he came from like a competitive uh competition marching background and that <laughs> like rudimentary organization that definitely stems from that
2: oh yeah that that's <laughs> the only class chris and i had together um okay. in eighth grade uh other than that we would just hang out outside of school and trouble.
1: <laughs> so you you mentioned yeah. then that you transitioned out after middle school. So where did you end up after yes. that?
2: So I was actually homeschooled for a freshman year of high school. Um, and then sophomore, uh, sophomore till senior year, I did a weird like homeschool, private school mix.
1: Whoa. That's um,
2: it was cool. Um, did a lot of classes. Uh,
1: what were you, was, what were you, what I hate to say like, what was your niche or what was your camp, but what were you doing in school? Were you a sport guy Were you a tech guy? Were you an engineering guy, music guy? So, none of the
2: above. I kind (laughs) of talked to everyone. Yeah. Um, And, like, I was kind of, like, cool-ish with everyone. Given Chris and I, like, I stuck to him a lot. I was – middle school was rough for me. I was uh, depressed, dealing with anxiety. Uh, I was having some issues. Um, My mind was going through some changes. Um, So – I stuck to him, and that man was always around the honeys. He was always around the most beautiful girls at that school. Just be out here
1: swaying.
2: So I would stick to him, and that was always my in with the ladies.
1: Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, you got to be man... the great wingman. Great wingman's gonna also, you know, you're Robin. You are Robin. Exactly,
2: that man used to rock the uh, the Justin Bieber haircut, everything,
1: yeah. And then it was me
2: that had uh, acne and braces.
1: I made some horrible (laughs) decisions. I wore neon orange high top Osiris's, yeah. That was oh, Osiris's, bro, dude.
2: That was even a thing anymore.
1: I don't know. Probably. I'm sure the brand's around, but who knows what facet that they're living in. Yeah. Like,
2: Oh, those were like the shoes to have in middle school.
1: They, yeah, man, they would be like, Oh yeah, here's a $85 pair of glossy shoes. Like that's definitely a move. Yeah. (laughs) nah no exactly
2: nah. nowadays i'm like all right where is
1: there a black pair of comfortable shoes that's very right neutral?
2: i wear combat boots all day so
1: yeah so, okay so what do you what is your title i'm sorry we'll get back to middle school but what is your title yeah. now so you're 22 you're living in ohio what do you or hawaii what do you do
2: uh so i actually uh a year ago uh also as of last week uh may 5th um is my one year in the Air Force.
1: Wow, um, congratulations, and thank you for our service.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for the support. It's been fun. Um, Air Force is definitely the bougie branch. <laughs> um, okay, all right.
1: <laughs> what may, uh, explain this a little more for me. Elaborate, please.
2: So when it comes to, like, living conditions um, and, like, military bearing, um, I guess Air Force is, like, the most relaxed like Every other branch, uh, Marines, Navy, Army, they have to have an actual roommate in their room until they're in E4, okay. uh, rank-wise. I got here and immediately got my own room. I have a full-size bed. All I share is a bathroom. I have a full fridge. I got everything, all to myself. <laughs> um, Brilliant setup. It is. It's great. I got everything I need. I bought or. I didn't buy it. I got a projector. One of my friends gave it to me uh, for my birthday. So mm-hmm. I just have this whole open wall behind me, and I just throw the projector up on there. So I have like that's a 100-inch TV so in my room, <laughs> <laughs> link it up to the laptop, uh, um, and then as for what I do, so I'm an analyst. Um, I can only say so much uh, sure. of my job. Um, it annoys Chris and a lot of my other friends that I'm like, yeah, work was hell. Oh, what'd you do today? I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and of course, that's where like, I'm, I'm hoping I can, I'm just going to shoot questions. And then you, you, I'm sure you know exactly what, yeah, you, you can know again. what you yeah. yeah.
2: Well, so that's the thing. There's certain things that I know I can not talk about. There are certain things I know I can talk about. There's also a gray area. And mm-hmm. at this point, I'm just too scared to ask about what I can say now oh, yeah, are you fine.
1: we can submit this if you want to to get it cleared before we upload it if
2: that's uh, it'll be fine okay. Um i'll keep it very like brief when it comes to work um cool. i don't really like talking about work outside of work because i'm there from six in the morning till anywhere between 12 30 and two in the afternoon wow. and my brain is just numb by the end of it yeah so
1: yeah i, I do want to get into sort of how you got I guess how you found your place in the Navy with wanting to go that track when like you're going through the recruitment process, but yeah. let's go back to middle school, finishing up your homeschooling in high school. You're doing a hybrid. What was the private school you were hybriding with?
2: So I was hybriding with Yorkville Christian high school. Okay. Um, yeah. They were just starting up in my sophomore year in a little warehouse right down the street from Um And they're it started out with like maybe 10, 15 people total. And now they have a giant building next to Yorkville Middle
1: School. I've seen it over there. Yep. Yeah.
2: Really? They have that huge building. They have Work. like two, three gymnasiums in that building. Wow. They have a ton of students now. Um, and I visited when I came home on leave around Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I visited there just to catch up with teachers and all that. And it was like cool seeing how much this school has grown because I was there their very first year, and now I'm an alumni from there. And it's like, holy crap, you have a ton of people here now.
1: Like, it, it, that's that's a beautiful thing to see too. Is like when when something can grow from a seeding point like that, and as you get older, you get to watch it mature. It's I get that same feeling. I think from watching my siblings grow up as well.
2: Like, for sure, yeah, I get that. Like with being like that first class at the school, it's. Like the first year I was there, it was cool. Uh, My graduating class from there was five people. Wow, that was my graduating class. Wow, so like year was five people. Gym, everything. It was just
1: five of you guys just like hanging out, Roman. Like, so what what classes did you take there? So at Yorkville Christian,
2: um, being there sophomore through through senior year, um, I don't even remember half of them. (laughs) I know my (laughs) senior. My senior year was so chill because I had almost every credit I needed to graduate except for a couple of electives and like a couple of other basic courses. So I had four study halls my senior year. <laughs> I had four hours where I would just chill at the school and watch Netflix on my laptop and work, catch up on homework. And I would mess around with the teachers. Teachers would just take me and my friends to McDonald's and we would do whatever. With a school that small, it's like a family at that point. <laughs> Like our senior, like trip was the owner of the school paid for us all to go to Six Flags. Whoa. Uh, and we would, we were just there messing around, um, all five of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
2: So, so that was
1: fun. You graduate. Did you do ROTC or what, what, what was your path? No. Like, did you want, did you wait? Is your family a family of service?
2: So my dad uh, was in the Marine Corps uh, before I was born, like right after Vietnam uh, mm-hmm. area. Uh, he was in the Marine Corps, and he raised me like with that kind of structure. Um, my dad is a very logical man, not a very emotional man. Sure, Great cook, though. In, <laughs> isn't that right, Chris? Oh, yeah. His
1: <laughs> That's curry cute. rice? Oh, Best I star! love Rise, i man. love indian yeah so it's yes, a man.
2: weird mix of indian and japanese uh because okay. my dad my dad's half japanese uh, and half german
1: that's unique where did he grow up do you, if you
2: don't so know. he grew up on like the more southern side of chicago i believe okay um yeah, yeah. and my mom grew up i think on the north side of
1: chicago <laughs> that's funny my so. parents have a very similar story to that
2: Yeah, they grew up, um, I think they met, my mom was 14 and my dad was 16 when they first
1: met. Wow. Uh,
2: And they got married, they got married when my mom was 16 and my dad was 18. Wow.
1: That's awesome, congrats to them.
2: And they're still together today, Uh, and now it's just those two in the house, uh, now that I'm gone, because I'm the baby of the family.
1: Okay, yeah, you're the youngest. Do you have any other
2: siblings, or... I have two older sisters. Okay. Um, both of them have three kids each. They're both married, everything. So I'm the baby, uh, but I got three nieces and three nephews.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what do they think of your, of your, like being in Hawaii and stuff, or do, do they know like uh, that you're, you're in the Navy or like, what do they think? Are they like, what's going on?
2: So my nieces and nephews, they know I'm in the air force, yeah. um, but they're like, when's Theo coming home? When's Unk coming home? And my sisters and my parents are just like, we don't know uh, eventually, but not for a while.
1: So, do you have a strict like schedule or do you have downtime? Like, what is your what's your so, routine look like?
2: My schedule is pretty straightforward here. Um, I mean, I'm up at like four in the morning every day, mm-hmm. um, and I get up, get ready for work, eat breakfast, and I drive to work. I'm there from 6 in the morning um, until either 12.30 or 2, depending on the day. So, because I'm military, I'm allowed to take three days a week where I get to leave work 90 minutes early to work out.
1: Nice. Nice. That's nice.
2: It is. Um, So, I normally take those. It depends on the week. Like, this week, I have a ton of meetings in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I... Wasn't able to take one today, I won't be able to take one tomorrow. So I took one Tuesday, Wednesday, or yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I'll take probably a partial one tomorrow, just dip out after my last meeting. Sure. So the schedule's pretty straightforward. And then once I'm off work there, I'm done for the day. Like unless I have something else that I have to do work related, I'm done. I come home, I either work out or I put on a show and mess around see what my buddies are doing and go from there
1: okay are you living on base or do you guys have like apartments are you in like civilian housing like how does that work
2: so uh i'm in e3 uh in the air force which is an airman first class uh so uh e4 and below all live in we call them dorms uh they're barracks but they're not really barracks because they're too nice to be barracks (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I live on base. So I live on uh, Hickam Field, uh, Hickam Air Force Base, uh, which is attached to Pearl Harbor. So uh, Pearl Harbor is right down the street. No kidding. Um, it's always cool seeing the boats that are docked there, things like that. Some cool stuff has came through uh, so far since I've been here. And I got here in December.
1: What's the coolest you've seen? Give, could you give some examples?
2: Ooh, so the coolest ship that I've seen, uh, it was i think it was a spanish ship um and it looked like an old-fashioned spanish ship but made out of metal it was weird so like it looked old-fashioned it looked like it had sails it looked like it had all that but everything was just metal um and at night they would light it up with um, like red green and white uh lights at night so it would look really cool um at night when I would drive fast, if I'm going to like my buddy's uh, room or whatever. Sure. So yeah, that's probably the coolest ship that I've seen on there.
1: Dang, that's sick. So let's go back to like the ROTC transition period. That yeah. Part of your life.
2: So I was never in ROTC. Um, joining the military was actually a very like short notice. Like, Hey, I'm going to pursue this type of thing. <laughs> um, so after high school, I went to La Bonzi, um, and got my associates from there. Nice. Uh, I just got a general associates. I was looking into doing criminal justice originally. Um, jumped from criminal justice to automotive technician, from automotive technician to business management. Wow. So, so I just took a whole slew of electives trying to find what I wanted to do. Right. Nothing really stuck out at me. Um, and so after I got my associates, I... Kind of took a step back and just was working 40 hours, 50 hours a week because uh, I was working at Best Buy at the time. Okay. Uh, I worked at Best Buy from when I was 16 all the way until right before I left.
1: Holy so for cow. five
2: years, five years, I worked you my way up. That. I did. I worked my way up. So I started part time, did really well and just kept going up, uh, making pretty solid money uh, overall, just putting in a lot of hours, a lot of time. Um, and then I was, I took a, like a year off, I think something like that, like a semester or a year. I don't remember the exact timeline, uh, after I got my associates from Lebanzi. Um, I was just sitting back and I was like, now what, um, I toured, uh, what college was it? I toured, uh, Northern Illinois University. Uh, with my parents one day, and I was like, you know, this as cool as this would be, it just doesn't feel right. Um, and then I was eating dinner with my parents. They were just like, so you need to either find a college, or you can you can look into joining the military. Uh, it's up to you. And so I started looking into it, looking into that kind of career path. And in that conversation, my dad looked at me and told me that if I joined the Marine Corps, he would kill me.
1: <laughs> and why is that?
2: <laughs> he said it was the worst four years of his life. My dad yeah. hated them. My dad was not a fan of the Marines. Um, and any Marine that I have met uh, will say the same thing that they hate their life. Wow, uh, it's intense. Marine, it's it's super intense. The Marine Corps is super strict and given. They're great. Like they are super good at what they do. They are all gunners. They are all good shooters. They're fighters. They're insane. Um, they get a bad rap, but some of my best friends here are Marines.
1: That's awesome. So you guys all uh, intermingled? All the branches?
2: Uh, so it depends on where you work. Like there's some people that work uh, like strictly with air force. If you work on like the flight line, things like that. If you work on the ship, it's all strictly Navy. Uh, me, I work in like a more office type environment where I work with, Army, Navy, Marines, uh, and civilians all in the same area. Sure. Um, So we all kind of intermingle. So I have friends that are Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force. I have friends in all the different branches.
1: Now, do you have Uh, to wear, uh, are you wearing a suit or a uniform at work?
2: Uniform. So I still wear my normal Air Force military uniform, uh, which honestly isn't that uncomfortable. It feels like pajamas most of the day. Um, Nice. Pajamas with a lot of pockets and combat boots. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I wear my uniform every day uh, going into work. um, And that's how you kind of differentiate everyone depending on what they're wearing. (laughs) It's kind of funny. You see them walking down the hall, you're like, well, okay, there's a lot of Navy here. There's no Air Force here today, depending on what the branches (laughs) schedule are. um, Because I essentially, where I work, I have my... uh, more civilian chain of command mm-hmm. and then i also have my air force chain of command so i'm juggling almost two type of jobs at the same time but they're all to get
1: mixed away sure
2: so i'll get calls from the other side and i'll get calls from the air force and i'm like what do you guys want from me? what
1: what is what is the difference in task when you're on the civilian side versus the air force side? so
2: it depends. Like I have my Air Force squadron, um, which is just like the unit that I belong to. Okay. Um, and most uh, most people in my squadron work in the same area that I do, or at least a similar job that I do. So It's not super different, but the Air Force will have their own scheduling things for like training or um, PT testing or other things like that. And then on the civilian side, it's the same thing. We have meetings, we have trainings, just different things. And it's balancing those schedules, which they actually do a really good job at, luckily.
1: That's awesome.
2: Um, they, it's, the communication is very open because it's that kind of environment. They've kind of worked it through very well.
1: Mm-hmm. So your, your recruitment officer, who, how did you get recruited? And yeah. you, you're told, do not join the Marine Corps. Yes,
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, so I started looking into uh, the Air Force, um, looking into, like, different jobs, um, into, like, the computer tech side and stuff. Uh, did you, were you good companies. with computers?
1: Like, you, you did the automotive stuff back at Wabonzi. So, like, did it translate yeah. or were you also a tech guy at the same time? Or
2: So cars and technology are, like, my two, two main things that I love. Um, I am a huge gearhead. And technology, when it, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to technology. That, uh,
1: did you, did dude, you, you got you got blessed, bro, with yeah, I mean. the <laughs> skill sets that your hobbies are in. That's yeah. amazing. Can you tell you about Best Buy at all? Yeah. yeah. He worked there for five yes, years dude. on the grind. Also, and, he, he did Raging Waves for a bit, too, during at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. So
2: day. when I was um, 17, I worked at both Raging Waves and Best Buy uh, at the same time. So wow. I would work raging waves from about five in the morning till about two, three in the afternoon. Okay, and then I would go straight from raging waves to Best Buy and work till like nine o'clock. Wow. I was dedication. Out there. Yeah, amazing. I was hustling for a little bit.
1: So, like when you first went through recruitment, the like strict. <laughs> regimented schedule of training and going through all that yes. was not going to be too difficult then if you were grinding no. that or no so
2: recruiting my recruiter was awesome um i actually my recruiting office was in Danner's Grove. okay cool. um so that's where i went to my recruiter uh we talked i took the asvap um in Elgin, i think um and did well did all my processing, and then I, it was a waiting game after that point. So I was in, they called it the late entry program, mm-hmm. um, based on your job. So after I passed the ASVAB they're like, and had all my like, physicals, blood work, all that, there's like, here's the jobs you qualify for. Right off what, the bat. What was the list? So the list, it was massive. It was all technology-based or maintenance-based. Things like that. So, but there were a lot of jobs that I didn't qualify for because I'm colorblind.
1: Um, Yes. Could you not fly?
2: I can't be a pilot. I can never go airborne either. So, I can't even work on a flight crew. Oh, really? Um, So, I can't do any kind of uh, electrician work. There's a lot of maintenance jobs that I'm not allowed to do either because, hey, go cut the red wire. Which one's the red wire? <laughs> type thing. so a lot of my stuff was all hey you're going to work in an office on a computer doing this this and this things like that um and so I chose to be an analyst uh, um and looking at the job description because I got all the job codes the titles and I have to find the description myself when I looked up this one it was the most like bland not bland but like the most generic like job description that you could ever get um i didn't even know what i was going to be doing until i got one technically uh um, wow yeah <laughs> so,
1: what was it so the paper was like uh you're going to work with us <laughs> like, yeah. so
2: the, i can actually pull up like the my job description really quick
1: um, yeah that would be interesting i'd love to hear it
2: let me pull it up it's just a basic description on uh google
1: yeah yeah Um, no totally
2: let me see here
1: yeah it's super funny i remember when he was going through like finding the like finding the paths that he wanted to take yeah he was so stoked to like find this one it was so funny what's one that has like a badass name for a job role so, okay. my, my job role, technically,
2: I say analyst, but I'm technically what's called a fusion analyst. Um,
1: Wait, could you repeat the first word? Fusion. Fusion. Fusion, okay. fusion analyst. Sorry. Yeah. Zo- so, Zoom so, was so, like... Yeah. Naturally.
2: Naturally.
1: Um, Dude, middle school let is me, back, bro. <laughs> yeah.
2: I know, man. Middle school. Team Fusion.
1: Seriously.
2: They... Really updated my uh, my job description on the Air Force website at least.
1: So wrote and, and don't even know. So is this like what you have to send your parents <laughs> when you first get your job, and they're like, "Well, we want to know more information." You're like, "Well, I can only show so much," and then you like send exactly. this link. That's
2: pretty much what it is. Yeah. Um,
1: complete fake so... information. <laughs> You're like, so <laughs> I'm a tour guide for I for <laughs> dolphin shows.
2: You know why? It's very, it's crazy. Like when I do talk to my parents, they're like, "What do you do on a daily basis?" I'm like, "I stare at a computer screen." Yeah.
1: Do you have blue light That's glasses? All.
2: I don't. No. Mm.
1: You should guess uh,
2: I should, but blue lights never really bugged me. My eyes are already mm. shot anyway. Right. Like I wear, I'm wearing contacts right now anyway too. Oh, so wow. my eyes are my eyes are garbage. Um. <laughs> it's awful um so could
1: you read the description i would love to hear what it says
2: oh yeah i got sidetracked sorry
1: no you're totally fine
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so they updated the description online um so i could kind of read through that um uh, Fusion analysts determine the value and implications of intelligence that we receive from target network communications. Uh, these specialists gauge the impact of the information and distribute their findings uh, to decision makers to take timely action. Wow!
1: Crazy. That seems that seems pretty crucial. <laughs>
2: It is uh, it is a critical job. Absolutely. Do you know the
1: history of your division? Is this something that came heavily more after 9-11? Or was this something that was very strong before that?
2: So, I'm not 100% sure. When it comes to my squadron, um, it's actually a fairly new squadron. Uh, they oh. started a few years back, um, but they were a piece of a different squadron originally. Uh, and then that squadron got too big, so they split it. Um, but my guess is probably the nine eleven era, um, mm-hmm. things like that, probably help jumpstart uh, the type of squadron that I'm in. Uh,
1: I want to go back to before we completely keep going forward into what the career is. Okay, recruitment. So, do, are you training? Are you tr- are theres there is there two boot camps? Is there like physical boot camp and then coding boot camp? Because you're finally like, uh, okay, I'm going to be a analyst.
2: <clears throat> So, you, most people know their job before they even get to basic, because um, that okay. determines when you leave for basic, normally. Mm. So, I knew my job code. I knew my job title. I just didn't know my job. Um, and then I left for basic um, on May 3rd yeah, last year. I left for basic this on my on birthday, birthday. Uh, wow. last year. Yeah. So, my 21st birthday, I... Drove to my recruiter's office uh, and was like, "Hey, it's time to go, right?" He's like, "Yes, it is." Said bye to mom and dad, and I was gone. They, um,
1: was that a was that a weird dynamic? Being that it was your birthday,
2: it was. So my mom actually that day, uh, COVID was a thing. Still, it was really weird. Yeah. Um, so what my mom did was she had she completely surprised the hell out of me. Um, she's just like. Hey, I think someone's uh, outside here to see you. And I'm just like, there's nobody at the door. So I go outside and a ton of friends, my high school principal, people I work with the damn fire department are all doing like a parade past my house. Um, and all the neighbors on my block came out. Uh, they're all holding signs like happy birthday and good luck, those kind of things. Um, and that's, i'm like
1: that's such a good feeling i bet
2: it, it was cool it it freaked me out a little bit because i'm like mom i told you not to do anything oh uh, that's yeah. so
1: me that's what <laughs> yeah. i would
2: do <laughs> I'm like, i literally told her like mom it's just another day like my birthday to me doesn't feel like anything yes
1: all. yes i that's the day i want to be left alone <laughs> most
2: of the time yeah same um and so all this is happening, and then they go around the block, they park, and everyone's like talking, whatever. My sister's brought some food, and we're all chilling. Then I look at my watch, and it's time to go. So mm-hmm. I say bye to everyone, drive to Downers Grove. Mom, uh, mom's crying because she Uh, because yeah. uh, in basic training you don't have your phone at all. You have and very- she's
1: sending her little boy off. Yeah, on his exactly. birthday.
0: Oh.
2: Yeah, on my his birthday. birthday Everything hit, uh, <laughs> oh, hit her super hard.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't imagine. So, and I'm sure you're like, I'm sure. You, how are you feeling? What was your mindset? Because like, you're literally about to leave and change your entire life.
2: Exactly. So I was excited, but also nervous. Yeah. Um, like, it was definitely a weird feeling like, Hey, I'm going out on my own for the first time ever. I'm going to be in another state. I'm going to be off doing God knows what and God knows where. Mm-hmm. And so I leave. And so I was checked into the hotel um, at MEPS, uh, Marine or Military Enlistment Program something. Uh, so they have a hotel where they keep people that are about to leave. Um, so I'm at that hotel um, May 3rd. Th- the night of may 3rd and the night of may 4th uh, so may 4th i did all my processing and like signed my final contract everything uh, may 5th i catch a flight at like 10 o'clock uh, in the morning me and a few other people that were leaving that day and so we catch the flight first flight goes to uh dallas fort worth dfw um and then the next flight goes from dfw to san antonio Dang. um and san antonio is where basic training is okay so we get to the airport um in san antonio and we're walking down the stairs we have our bags, and we see the campaign hat a big wide hat that the uh that wear, the military trainers yeah and immediately shit starts hitting the fan
1: are they, um, they are, are they screaming or are they just being like stern at this point they're,
2: they're already yelling at the airport, like, <laughs> get in line, get your phone out of your pocket, send a text saying you landed safely, put it in your bag, turn it off, and don't touch it again. Love all this, like already yelling. Um, then they're like, get out this, this, and this paperwork, we need to see it. And the first thought that crosses your mind, you step foot there, is like, what did I just get myself into? Yeah um yeah and wow it's like you get to the airport it's it was already dark when i got there um so it was probably about s- almost eight o'clock when i got to the airport uh in san antonio and so there's buses that come pick us up from the airport to take us to basic training um, so we get on these buses we file in and we call it zero night um night zero You get to where you're going to be living for basic training. And I went through COVID basic. So there were a lot of things that were different
1: too. Um, Let's talk about that.
2: Yeah. So COVID basic. So tons of new rules. Like you have to wear a mask uh, all the time. Um, Your first two weeks, all you really do is stay in the barracks and do very basic training like minimal training because we're on restricting restriction of movement pretty much quarantine and so is this all when we do you we...
1: normally are doing like hand-to-hand combat with partners is this normally when you're doing like you know a lot of team building activities and like uh physical training with partners or no
2: so we still had physical training um there isn't a whole at least that i know of there's not a whole lot of partner piece till the end okay. of basic um with the other branches like Army, Marines, they have that physical training. They have that combat training. They have all that. Uh, with Air Force, there's not a whole lot of combat jobs. Right. Um, so it's definitely more of, hey, work as a team. Learn the military bearing uh, that you're going to need. Learn what these ranks are. Learn this, this, and that. Um, while, yes, you still have your um, your PT, physical right. training, Still have your strict discipline, your marching, things like that. Um, you march everywhere uh, in basic. Wow, so, it's very strict. Um, you do one thing wrong, you're gonna get yelled at
1: for the next mm-hmm.
2: five minutes. That was
1: my phone. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, you're totally okay.
2: Um, so super like strict everything. It was crazy. Um and so basic training night zero you're immediately getting yelled at um, and it's you get to your barracks and you start unpacking your stuff and the mci is in your face yelling at you the whole time and you you're freaking out and you're like and at this point it's nine ten o'clock at night sure and you're like what is going on why am i here you're, you're already like breaking down and starting to have like a panic attack because right. you're freaking out.
1: Yeah, shell shock um, to the new experience. It
2: right? is, 100%. Um, and you're getting everything set up. You don't go to bed until like two in the morning that first night. Wow. Um, and then the next morning you wake up to Reveille, which is a sound that makes me want to die.
1: Uh, the, what does it sound like?
2: So it's the trumpets that. Oh, That, yeah. That's reveling. That's what wakes us up every morning in basic training.
1: That's a bob, bro. Yeah.
2: Not when it's. Crazy.
1: All- <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not when it's playing at four in the morning.
1: Do they play it like? <laughs> Do now are they outside like in the movies or are they in your hall playing that like in your ear? So
2: it's playing through speakers in the ceiling and the oh, hallway outside. Evil. It's playing everywhere on the entire base. Um,
1: so it gets it's everyone, awful. Captains and everyone, like it gets higher all the way down.
2: Everyone that is that lives on base hears it, and it's awful. Is uh,
1: it? It must be so insane. I would love to see a time lapse outside the building when that goes off to see how just the whole building comes cool. to life as one. That would be
2: it, cool. it is, um, and like that second day. Uh, day one, it's our first full day there, and we're still like getting set up. We're still getting yelled at the entire <laughs> time you're there. You're getting yelled at. Oh my! Um, it never stops. They're just never trying stops. to. I
1: feel like they're just trying to break any comfortability that they could possibly. That's
2: get. that's exactly what it is. So the whole point of basic training is to break down everything that you were and rebuild you as a part of a unit. Gosh. as part of this new team this new person um and it's crazy cuz it works like 100% i am a completely different person than i was when i went to basic training um
1: christine do you, to you, the point. you notice that like <laughs> could, do you think you can notice it at all in in his like d- demeanor or personality like well he i mean yeah but at the same time it's like He's still the same he's friend still, from middle school. Yeah, he's yeah. still Chris. He's still my brother, you know what I mean? Cuz like we've known each other for I mean 8th grade. Oof. I, I couldn't even do math like that. Yeah. You know, we've it's just so long. But I mean, he definitely is, you know, different in a way. I mean, I'm sure when it comes down to certain uh situations, like he'd know how to handle them. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, like his mental processes sure. are probably yeah, yeah way yeah. different than that. Absolutely.
2: Everything like With Chris and, like, with my closest friends, I can turn it on and off. Like, I know who I can be, like, comfortable with and be who I used to be. Um, But when it comes to, like, out in public here or, like, I'm just meeting someone new, I represent this this branch, this organization. So I have to present myself as such, Um, which means, like, they keep your composure, be confident, things like that. Uh, so I could, you get really good at turning it on and off. Um, and that's probably one of the
1: other things too, situational awareness, your situational awareness is really good.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. That definitely helps. Um, and turning it on and off like that, it gets exhausting sometimes. Um, but it becomes second nature eventually. Mm. Um, so going through basic training, um, with COVID, especially, was super weird. Um, like, anytime we marched, we had to march six feet apart from each
1: other. Really?
2: Yeah. So, it, like, in the movies, you'll see they're marching, they're like shoulder to shoulder.
1: Boom. Cool. Yeah.
2: They're right next to each other. Marching six feet apart from someone is so difficult yeah, because yeah, you I mean- have to keep that distance.
1: And, and so, matching up the, the cadence that's of your feet, man, bro. Yeah. yeah, we get that from yeah. marching band back in the day. That's it's way that harder. Yep.
2: it's so difficult. Like keeping that distance, keeping your step in sync with the person in front, next to you, behind you, everything, and, and looking the If you get out of alignment, time. are
1: you getting yelled at immediately?
2: Yes, yes. So if you uh, get out of step, um, you get lit up, and or he'll just call you out in cadence um like there was i messed up in the beginning everyone does but there were some people that would still mess up toward the end um, sometimes and at that point he's just like pray me why can't you march like in cadence
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and one of my mci's uh one of his favorite sayings especially toward the end is like we would mess up like something small something that we've been doing for weeks and he's just like why the hell are you guys acting brand new <laughs> <laughs> and this dude he was short too both of my mcis were short but they were like well-built people too yeah yeah dude, oh, i bet they're I
1: ripped bet. they're jacked i bet they're
2: they're big they're pretty toned, like very well physically fit uh guys but they're tiny so you get guys like me that are six two. And you have this guy that's like five nine yelling at you, and you're just like, you're short, but I'm still terrified. Of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then we have this one week in basic training called Beast Week. Um, it's where it's like a mock deployment type situation. Nice. So we leave our barracks, uh, and they drive us to a different, like, base. And this base, it's much more wilderness type. Like, there's woods everywhere. It's just dirt everywhere. You live in a tent, and you sleep on a cot.
1: Super simulation.
2: Super, like, you're in it. Yeah. Um, and that's where, like, we do our firearm training, which for Air Force, our firearm training is only a day. One day. It's
1: what
2: do you, you guys training about. on ARs
1: or? Uh, so
2: we train on M4s. M4s, nice. Yeah, um, and it's fun. The M4 is definitely a fun weapon to mess with. I've gotten to train with it twice. How now quickly can you build
1: and take it apart and reassemble?
2: In basic training, that's all I did, so I got really good at. It.
1: Hell uh, yeah! <laughs>
2: nice. So, because we had our trainer weapons, which um, it's the same thing, but the firing mechanism. Uh, The actual trigger itself was disabled. Uh, We obviously don't have live ammo in in the dorms. Uh, So we had our trainer weapons and once we get the all clear to do that, or if we have any downtime in basic, they're like, okay, either clean, uh, make sure all the threads are clipped off your uniforms, or practice with your weapon. So a lot of us, because it was fun, we would just practice disabled disassembling reassembling picking up different positions of like firing things like that and so by the time we got to firearm training we were actually really pretty solid with our weapons um it's just the shooting part where we never done before on uh, most of us so we get there we're shooting we all do it's pretty easy to pass honestly like they give you a red dot site with um in basic, it's pretty nice. straightforward. Cool. Um, and beast week is normally where you get tear gassed.
1: Yeah, I was um, about, to, I was just about to ask, are they still doing that during COVID?
2: During COVID, no. Uh, so they haven't, my flight oh. or my my unit. So, are you saying you gassed. haven't been
1: tear gassed yet?
2: I, I have never been tear-gassed.
1: No way! Whoa! Is this a rarity? Is this something that veterans and and an old senior members are going to be like, damn, your class got it easy?
2: Yep, 100%. (laughs) Already, already I've gotten it. Because people that have gone through BASIC like two years ago, they're already like, man, you didn't get
1: tear-gassed? What the hell? Yeah, they're like pissed. They're like, gosh. Man, I... (laughs) I don't know how. I, I guess it would be interesting to experience. Were you nervous for that? Did they so tell I you right away? I you wanted to get it, yes. Yeah, why not? I guess um, experience I, the full simulation.
2: Right. I went there to get the full experience. Yeah. Um, and beast week doesn't happen until week seven, so you're almost done. It's like, yeah, this is who I am now. You are. You're living that life. Yeah. So you get there and you get to Beast and you're like, okay, I'm going to shoot a gun. I'm going to get gassed. We're going to have a night raid. All this stuff's going to happen. And with COVID, we get to Beast and they're like, yep, y'all ain't getting gassed. There's not going to be a night raid. It's just like, I'm well, confused. With that. Why
1: why they couldn't gas you guys? It's like,
2: so is it because, because of the
1: it, after process where all of you guys are demasked outside, spinning yep. and just <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that, and then we don't own our own gas masks either. So we'd be sharing oh, gas masks man. from a previous person. So just the whole contamination thing with COVID, especially because that was when COVID was like still fairly new. Um mm-hmm. uh, like just a few months old. So people were still freaking out like buying way too much toilet paper, things like that.
1: Yeah, you guys were on high <laughs> alert. Yeah, no, I'm sure yeah. it was.
2: Exactly. Um, so then after Beast, then you have a week of just normal life again. Um, and Beast is like that last, like, hoorah, like we're almost done.
1: It Now, how many of your classmates or peers are dropping out or choosing to leave next to you?
2: So in my flight, um, we also had smaller flight sizes uh, in basic training because of COVID. We had to have a bed between each one of us. Got so it. a normal flight, a normal flight is about fifty to sixty people. My flight was twenty-eight. Wow,
1: Significantly. from the beginning. Smaller.
2: Yes, and we only lost two people due to medical concerns. Okay. Um, and the medical concerns were one guy got a kidney stone toward the end of basic.
1: <laughs> oh no.
2: Um, and then a different guy, um, he was experiencing COVID-like COVID-like symptoms. Oh, sure. um, so, so do they quarantine
1: you and you're done?
2: They they threw him in a hotel room, uh, on an on base hotel, and said you stay here while we do your tests. Um, and they tested all of us as well uh, to make sure that none of us. Uh, got COVID because otherwise we all would have stayed there for an extra two weeks. And none of us wanted to stay there an extra two weeks.
1: Yeah. Um, So you, at this point, you're not doing any coding or technical training like that. No,
2: not at all. Um, So you graduate basic. We didn't even get because of COVID a real graduation. Um, So normally um, a normal air force graduation, the family comes down, and they're allowed to come see you graduate, get your airman's coin, uh, have this whole ceremony where you march down the flight line and everything.
1: When you come back, and I would love to see your airman's coin. That sounds so cool.
2: I have it. It's actually in the drawers next to me.
1: You're shoved in um, the drawer
2: right now. <laughs> it is, actually. I have all my patches and points that yeah. I have.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Any ribbons that I've done, everything are all just together. Um, yep, it's right here. So it's nothing fancy, but it's a cool little, cool little coin.
1: Yeah. That's nice. nice. That's neat. That's neat. Are you gonna like frame it when you get home or something? Like put it in a case oh, or on a yeah. on a metal probably, or something? Or? Probably not. Um, I
2: mean, it's it's a participation award. Oh okay
1: everyone gets that it's It's not anything special everyone
2: gets it it's not anything special it's just like hey you did it you passed um but because of covid my family couldn't be there um all i had was a coin ceremony i didn't have an actual graduation ceremony um and then so we graduate on june 25th is when i graduated basic training
1: is that when you pull out a piece of paper and they're like you're going to hawaii
2: No, not even. Uh, I didn't. Next uh, base I went to was Goodfellow Air Force Base in San Angelo, Texas, and that's where I go through my technical break. Um, Mm. So I fly out of. Yep, still in Texas. Uh, Some people go to different bases. Some are in California. It depends on your job. Uh, Mine happens to still be in Texas. So bright and early june 26 i am flying out of san antonio uh, to san angelo and get to san angelo and we're on another bus and i have my phone back like i'm happy i text this school and i'm just like hey i'm alive (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, my head my head is still bald every day um and so i'm catching up on everything i've missed and we're pulling up to Goodfellow, and the bus driver's like, Hey, y'all ready for zero day part two? And we all look at each other, we're like, You're kidding me. No, it better not be like zero night. Uh, so we're all slightly freaking out. And <laughs> we get there, and the military training leader comes on to the bus. And wearing the big white
1: hat, too, the broom.
2: No. So those are the big hats are only in basic training um, for the Air Force. Uh, Got it. After that, they just look like everyone else, uh, except they have a rope on their uniform, uh, blue rope normally. Um, So he steps on the bus and he just looks at us and he goes, all right, there's a truck coming. Get your shit out the back of it. Meet me in the conference room. Like, wait, what? You're not gonna yell at us. You're not gonna have us like do anything like that. <laughs> You're and- <laughs> ready
1: for instant PTSD back to yeah. day zero. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so we grab our bags out of the back of a semi truck um, that pulls up because we all have our big green duffel bags that we got in basic plus our civilian luggage that we brought to basic. And so he starts calling our names and gives us our room key. Because uh, now it's like a college dorm room that I'm living in with one other person at Goodfellow. So it's just me and a roommate. Um, so we have. And our at this roommates.
1: point, you you guys are just fusion analysts together, right? Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. So I drop my stuff off in our room, and so we start going back down to the conference room. Turns out there's something else going on in the conference room. So we're all standing outside and the leader comes up. He's like, actually, let's take this upstairs. We're going to go to the movie theater.
1: Yeah. And You're we, like, this is st- not at all like day zero. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we all stop. and We're like, did he just say movie theater upstairs? And so we all just climb the stairs, second floor. Sure enough. There's a movie theater with like 20 recliners in it, a big projector, speakers in the wall. Yeah, bro. yeah. <laughs> is
1: This is why they call it bougie training. Yeah, <laughs> damn
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we sit down and he starts giving us like our introduction orientation. And one of my friends that I made at basic, uh, she asks, hey, what's the wingman policy here? So in basic, we couldn't go anywhere unless we had somebody else with us. It was, we were always in a pair. And so she asks, Hey, what's the wingman policy here? He looks at her and just goes, What wingman policy? You do what you want. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
1: that's so badass.
2: <laughs> and we're all looking at each other like, wait, we have freedom? <laughs> like we just rolled up here and we have all of our freedom back essentially. Sure. And he assigns us like basic jobs, like, um, and we have to meet downstairs outside at seven in the morning when we like the first that were there, things like that. Super relaxed from the very trumpets going off
1: here. Nope. (laughs) Uh,
2: All we had there was uh, at like 5 p.m., they played the national anthem. So if you got caught outside during that, you have to stand at attention. Uh, and if you're in uniform, you have to salute. So they give a five-minute warning before the national anthem plays. Everyone is running as fast as they can to the nearest like car to get into or building to get into because nobody wants to stand outside during the national anthem.
1: <laughs> I'm sure when you have to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's all, like here, um, the base I live on now, They play the national anthem at 8 in the morning uh, every day. And they play what's called colors at sundown. So if you're outside at even those times, you're standing at attention or you're saluting if you're in uniform.
1: Right. Right.
2: So, everyone, as soon as they hear the five-minute warning, if there's a building nearby, they are rushing to that building.
1: I wonder what that looks like outside. Like, if you just have, like, a drone (laughs) or, like, just watching. Like, are there any noobs that are like, why is everyone running around me and they're, like, just standing there?
2: Everyone knows. You hear that five-minute warning, you're like, "Uh, it's time. Um, But you mentioned drones. Uh, The base, actually... This base, I'm not sure if it's all bases are no drone zones. Um, we're not allowed to fly drones uh, on Makes base um, just due to the fact that it could show the location of every building that we have. That Yeah. Now,
1: right. um, being stationed in Hawaii, do you guys have on site, you know how we use like a lot of drone operations now and that's all done remotely mostly? Are those people yeah. stationed on boats or are those people stationed on a base side like in Hawaii?
2: So it varies. Um, okay. As far as I know, we don't have any drones here, um, but I know there are bases that do mainly drone operations. Sure. Um, so they're all at bases, uh, and those are the bases that drone operators would go to. Um, but here, the main aircraft that we have here are C 17 cargo uh, okay. yep. planes and F22s. Uh, those are the main two aircraft that we have here um, that are the air forces. Um, sure. we always are having like Australian planes flying in. We're always like I live right next to the flight line. Like in so the do middle of night. You hear that night. all night. All day and all night. If I'm <laughs> home, I hear aircraft.
1: So can you just fall asleep to it now?
2: Yes. I'm very much (laughs) used to it. Um, I've gotten really good at forcing myself like, hey, it's time to sleep. And then I tell myself that I'm out within like 10 minutes. Uh,
1: I want that.
2: I want that power. So you get really good at it during basic training because you're on such a strict regimen.
1: You literally have to get those Zs then.
2: Exactly. Because you have exactly eight hours of sleep. Uh, during basic if you don't fall asleep two hours in you're only getting six and then you're going to be up that entire time because we're not allowed to nap obviously during basic No. Um, during tech school that's a different story
1: uh, <laughs> I, yeah we got to pick back up you're in the movie theater I'm curious are you guys sitting down and watching something or what are you doing <laughs>
2: No. so he's just giving us a briefing um, and after the briefing he's like alright Go unpack. You're done for the day. And it's like one in the afternoon. Did and you guys just go explore? That's so me and my roommate, um, we changed and we just started exploring the base. Um, we're walking around. We went to get food at the dining facility. Yeah. And this is like the first like good food that we've had in two months. So wow. we're like, holy shit, like I could get a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah.
0: That's,
2: that's the first thing I got when I got to Goodfellow was a Philly cheesesteak, a cheeseburger, and a pizza. Went ham. I <laughs> yeah. went ham. And <laughs> I was drinking Sprite. I was just, ha- I was Woo! so happy. Hell yeah. Because um, so what- I'm like, holy
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna, What is your training like now? So, what are you doing? So, now?
2: so there, um, the first week we do, we did what's called squadron uh, where it's basic stuff cleaning while we wait for our class to start. Mm. Um, so, my class started a week after I got there. So, I was lucky. There's some people that are sitting there waiting for six months for their class to start until a spot opens up because there's just so many people coming in. Wow. Um, so my class starts, um, a week after I get there. And again, because of COVID, they restructured that too. So the first three blocks, so the first three weeks was distance learning. So I had my laptop and I'm typing essays for three weeks, little tests here and there um video calls here and there and
1: i say so is this just to get your empirical thinking and writing skills further developed? pretty much in order like, to do the second part of that mission that i heard earlier which was like you get telecommunications and you have to be able to disseminate that so like the writing is to be able to disseminate
2: pretty much um so it's about like how you critical think or things like that are these um, fun so- essays
1: are they military-based essays
2: They're (laughs) (laughs) god-awful. So you crank them out uh, day by day. And I was done with my essay. So we started at 8 in the morning for distance learning. Um, And I was done no later than like 11, 12 o'clock. And so I finished my essay. I turned it in. Normally, I would finish like during lunchtime. And I would just turn it in right when lunchtime was over and the rest of the day i just messed around like i was on call until three every day but that on call meant that i was playing games on my computer or napping wow. like i totally a different roommate,
1: experience
2: oh absolutely basic. absolutely me and my roommate both like while we're supposed to be in class like one of us would just be asleep and if something happened that was important we just smack each other be like hey Wake up! Stuff's happening,
0: <laughs>
2: and we finish up. And one, we it was awesome. Me and my roommate back at Goodfellow, we became good friends. We were in the same class. Everything.
1: Are you guys um, stationed in the same area now, or no?
2: No. So he's stationed in Maryland.
1: Okay.
2: Um, and so we don't find out our assignment until 30 days after we get to Goodfellow. So. We're still in distance learning, Um, and our instructor is just like, hey, today's you guys' 30-day mark. You should be coming up on your assignment. You should know your assignment pretty soon. Um, And so we go online, and we check our Air Force network to see our assignment.
1: Do you know any of the bases yet that you could potentially go to?
2: Yes. So we learn that in basic training. Um, we make what's called a dream sheet. And they call it a dream sheet because it's a dream. There's no guarantee that you're going to get those fixes, things like that. Uh, It's just kind of the luck of the draw.
1: Did you put Hawaii on your dream sheet?
2: Hawaii was my number one. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
2: It was either, I wanted Hawaii, Japan, or Germany. Those were my top three. Um, And so... That 30 day hits, I pull up mine and I immediately, the first words I see are Pearl Harbor. I don't even read the rest. I'm just like, Stoke. hold up. I'm going to, I call my parents. i call my sister. <laughs> I text him. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm just like, dude, I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Crazy.
2: Um, Crazy. And uh, then it tells you like how long you're going to be there. So I'm here till 2023.
1: 2023 on assignment
2: Yep. so i'm here and then what will occur
1: a break period or a a relocation period or
2: uh so it varies if my job is still uh critically manned here so if they need me to stay they will give me the option to stay so i can extend my tour in hawaii or i'll be relocated to a different base
1: are you at the base that edward snowden was working with
2: um uh, <laughs> good old snowden um yes yes so he didn't work on base um, right he was a private
1: contractor right he wasn't actually in the military correct so
2: edward snowden was a i wonder how many watch this thing um,
1: I, I feel like a lot of people know but there might be younger <laughs> folks that don't understand yeah. anything of what yeah. we're saying right now
2: so snowden he was a contractor he works with the nsa Uh, national security agency Um, huge conspiracy theories things like that but the man essentially sold uh, secrets to Russia Mm -hmm. Um, escaped uh, from being arrested and now he's living in Russia uh, is what people Um, but I'm doing a similar job to what you see in this movie sure
1: yeah, if people wanted reference or context to something that's like that, you know, what is so, your? Uh, I, this is one of my questions for later down the road, but since we brought this topic up now, what is your interpretation of um, Snowden and that situation? Like, you're just a personal opinion.
2: So personal opinion. I mean, obviously, you're not always going to agree with of course. the job or the government, things like that. Sure. Um, but we all sign an agreement saying that hey. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I can say. This is the things that I'm not allowed to say. Right. We all have that. It's in writing. I have sold my soul multiple times at this point. Not going to break that. And I don't see why anyone would. Uh, No amount of money, in my opinion, can like, this is my home. There's nothing that I'm going to do to ruin my home. Right. That's just my personal philosophy. Um,
1: I think a lot of people would hold that philosophy. <laughs> like You would think you don't want to ruin your own yeah. home, right? right?
2: Like Especially to like Russia or China, things like that. Like,
1: sure. That was another question I wanted to ask, too. In your personal opinion, who is our biggest uh, national security threat currently? the united states you know we got a lot going on with china they got the silk road they've got everything they're developing over there we've got russia they're crazy good at hacking they got all sorts of misplay going on with ukraine who right now is sitting as the kingpin in your opinion so
2: as our biggest threat threat, china and russia are very uh close so when 9-11 happened they were what's called a near-peer adversary So they weren't at the same level as us. If we did go to war, we had better technology, better tools, everything like that. Um, But then we go to war in the Middle East, and all of our focus is the war on terror. Um, So all of our resources are piled toward that. Like, all of our technology that we have is being piled toward that. And then finally, we take a step back, and we take a look around, and we see China and Russia, and we're like, oh shit, they're mm-hmm. almost the same as us now, if not the same. So now they're essentially peer-to-peer adversaries with us because we were so sidetracked with the war on terror that they caught up um, and in some cases some would say they surpassed the U.S. in mm-hmm. certain areas. Yeah. Um, so those two, I would say, are kind of the biggest um, threat to us when it comes to like make, like nukes Russia definitely takes the cake. Okay. Um, when it comes to economic uh,
1: slow domination and a long play, China. That's
2: China, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, when it comes to and just the sheer bodies mm.
1: China has
2: too, because mm. um, China, their population is so high that if we did go to war with them or anyone goes to war, it would with be outnumbered
1: man wise.
2: Exactly, because they would just keep on throwing people uh, at us until we didn't have any men left.
1: Now, um, I mean, you're in, you're in a technological space with what you're doing. Don't you think that the next frontier of fighting, if we were to see a World War III, would happen in a different regard, using a lot more cyber warfare, Absolutely. EMPs, drones, some of these further along technologies? Do you think it would really come down to a, a hand-to-hand combat situation?
2: So it definitely, a lot of it would be on the technological side, Uh, the computer systems, the economy, things like that. But there will still always be men on the ground. It's always going to be that way. Uh, Maybe not as much, but there will always be a frontal offensive of people on the ground being in the front line, no matter what. Um, No matter how far along that we get, there will always be men on the front line. True. True. And again, all this is my opinion too, so.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, but no, it's, it's it's
1: interesting to get different different uh, takes on, on situations.
2: A hundred percent. And a lot of people, like, I know even some of my own friends will be like, oh, if we go to war, we'll just drop a nuke on them. It doesn't work like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Because um, the thing with nuclear warfare is uh how about 20 30 point.
1: years of repercussions that's crazy afterwards So
2: uh, there's that too but there's also everyone has nukes at this point um yeah. it's not just us anymore like when we dropped a nuke on japan in world war ii it was only us that had them we developed this technology and we used it to its full advantage
0: yeah. um
2: but now everyone has them russia china um, countries in the Middle East are allies now. Everyone has nukes at this point. Uh, and say we did go to war with China or Russia. If someone launched a nuke, say China launches a nuke at us, one of our allies will launch a nuke at China. Right. And then one of China's allies will launch a nuke yeah. at that ally. And then one of their allies will launch, etc. cetera. So it's, uh, it's, it's clause, gotten to a
1: point where it's such a uh, it's like such a big power threat game that it will just de- demolish all of civilization as we know it. Yeah, it, the it would explode.
2: The, yeah. So it's the clause of mutual destruction essentially, mm-hmm. um, where one person launches a nuke, we're all screwed. And it would actually, with that much going on, one it wouldn't even if someone some people did survive the actual explosions the fallout, it would put the planet in a new ice age, uh, a nuclear winter, because the sun would be blocked out from all the ash and debris uh, that would just be skyrocketed into the atmosphere. Sure. So there'd be no sun, everything would die, essentially. And it would just be a barren wasteland.
1: Wow. So that's, that, that puts an interesting space on it, you, or spin on it. I wanted to ask you, Space Race, what do you think of that? What do you think of everything going on there? Um, maybe even talk, touch a little bit. Do you know about Starlink and what Elon's doing? And what's your thoughts on that?
2: So when it comes to like the, the space frontier, I don't keep up a whole lot on it. Um, what I do know, I mean, space is, it has a ton of untapped resources, obviously. Um, but say we do make it to space, Um colonization on Mars, whatever happens, what's going to stop humans from destroying it like they've destroyed the Earth? Right. Like, that's, unfortunately, as cruel as this is going to sound, humans are almost like parasites. Mm. We will bend anything we can to our advantage until it's gone. Yeah. um, To suit our needs. What's say we get to Mars or another planet that can have life on it? What's to say that that's not going to happen?
1: Sure. So I wanted to. De- could you define in the definition of a fusion analyst was the word telecommunications? What are all mm-hmm. the facets that could be a telecommunication? Is this just radio wave signals? Is this just text messages and SMG? Is this just phone calls? Is this All of the above? Is this something more like data and coding that I'm not even thinking about? What is that word? And is that a really broad word? So
2: telecommunications is a huge uh, spectrum of things Um, because a lot of our technology is always emitting some sort of radio waves. And yeah, radio waves are part of it but there's also the data rates of it. Like how calls can be transferred over Wi-Fi like this right now um, that we're doing. So that is all telecommunication uh, in some way, shape, or form. Things like Zoom, uh, Skype, cell phone call, uh, text message, Snapchat. All of this is some form of telecommunication. So it's a very broad term
1: got it if he says something wrong right now just be stormed (laughs) i told chris before we started i said (laughs) i want to ask such a good question that i upload this and two weeks later i get a notice that it was flagged and taken down (laughs) down. (laughs) because that would be such a good story like hey hey you know like we uncovered the aliens they had to take (laughs) us down
2: no i'm sure you can like how I'm thinking through the question too, yeah. to no, make it's, sure it's, I'm
1: not. It's, it's brilliant, but I <laughs> had on, I had on two, um, I had on, I've had on a few other military people, and I, it, all of you guys are very calculated in your analysis and answering of how you disseminate your information that you know. They're hiding shit, bro. I don't even think it's hiding. Telling shit. you, I think it's, I think <laughs> it's that I, it's that whole thing we talked about about the like, uh, the cognitive awareness from your position, like of the training you have. Yeah, it, it's so cool. It's, It's
2: definitely a mixture of things. Um, Obviously, yes, we do. There's certain things that I can't say. Uh, So that's why for any question that you ask, I will definitely be thinking of, hey, throw this information
1: away, but I can say this and just... So a fusion analyst are there fusion analysts in the army fusion analysts in the Navy fusion analysts in the air force fusion analysts in the, you know what I'm so, trying to get at? Like, it, or is it yeah, just like you're yeah. working just with the air force?
2: So fusion analyst, um, my job description, job code is an air force specific. Uh, yeah. however, there are equivalents to my job in the other branches as well. Got it. Oh, cool. So it's not just an air force thing, but like, like I said, I work with the army, Navy, Marines, et cetera. And there okay. are equivalents to what I do that I work with in the other branches.
1: Is your mission tasking based on geographic location or based on merely what your leadership is disseminating to you is the mission?
2: So a mixture um, of things. So geographic location definitely is a part of it. Um, so being in the middle of the Pacific, then a lot of my, a lot of the mission sets here are somewhere in the Pacific. Um,
1: That makes sense. So like the sort of like, if you're in a base in an area, it's like you kind of think of it like a geotag when I'm doing like my business marketing. Yeah. Like you're going to check a a radius. Exactly. Um,
2: So mission sets are all different based on location, office, things like that. So my squadron, um, we have people that work different missions in my squadron. Um,
1: oh, really? So you guys aren't all on the same case or mission? No.
2: So we all work separate things uh, as well. So I have friends that'll work one mission and then I'm over here working my specific mission. And then I have people in a different squadron that are the same job as me that are working completely different. Missions. Um, so I've been able to see like the different um, aspects of the different places that I can be. And honestly, I love where I landed uh, with my job um, That's awesome. and my mission. My mission as tedious as it can be, it is a lot of fun. Um, okay.
1: Now, are you, is there coding and programming involved or are you mostly reading things?
2: So it varies. Um,
1: for, like I'm trying to, I guess I want to ask this in a better way. If, if I'm a kid right now, and I mm-hmm. were to think to myself, I want to go try something like this or do something like this for one of the branches. What types of things should I be working on? Should I be looking at programming? Should I be looking at numbers and and charts? Should I be what are what are some skill sets that you have to like use in your in your decoding process?
2: So I don't code personally. Um, I've never had to code. I don't know how to code. Um, so it varies. Like my job as a fusion analyst it's we can do so many things because I have friends that do code and they're the same job. As me. Um, Interesting. It, it all depends on what, where we land with our mission. Uh, Cause even since I've gotten here, I've gone through, I got here in December. I'm still
1: learning things uh, and I'm still right. doing some on the job training type stuff. Um, do you have and, a, a- a supervisor, a peer or someone like that that's teaching you as you're going? Yeah,
2: through? so I have my um, my team on the work side and I also have my Air Force supervisor. My Air Force supervisor essentially is to make sure that I'm not idiot, um, that I'm not getting in trouble, not being a moron and sticking to the values that are for the Air Force. On the work side, I have my team, I have my supervisor for that team that kind of helps with the training. We have an actual training manager uh, at the job. I actually do those things.
1: That's really cool. And are you in – is it – could you give me like a um... – try and place me in the room if i close my eyes or i'm listening into my headphones right now what is the room like is it cubicles is this like wall street wolf of wall street where it's just <laughs> phone after phone and you guys are all just like yeah passing notes back and forth or is this like you're <laughs> in a closed door five by five space or
2: so it is a open environment um you could stand up and you could see to the other side of the office and it's just a giant uh cubicle area
1: interesting huh okay cool
2: so yeah the cubicle area is just it's wide open
1: so what was what was it like when you first show up in hawaii after you're leaving texas
2: so i actually took leave uh in route to hawaii i stayed at home uh for two weeks um so it ended up being perfect where i got my orders to leave texas um, and so I was like, Hey, I'm taking two weeks of leave in route, uh, from Texas to Hawaii, okay, cool, whatever, just, you have to report no later than this date. Hmm. Uh, so I surprised my parents, uh, coming home. They didn't know I was coming home. Nice. Um, is
1: this the first time you're seeing them since you got your, since medals, I left. you passed. Yeah,
2: everything. yeah. Uh, so that was the first time I see my parents since I left. Um, and so I tell my sisters like, Hey, I'm, I gr- I have my orders to leave. Like I'm going to take two weeks to leave, to come home. I need you to pick me up from the airport and we're going to do this, this, and this. So I tell my sisters when I'm going to land. Uh, my sister, Jessica picks me up from the airport. Uh, and I have my bags. I have too many damn bags.
1: Uh, give <laughs> your civilian your, your yeah, military yeah, bag yeah, exactly
2: thing. i had three duffel bags and a backpack um yeah it's a lot of shit that yeah, we love around because it's my entire life that i've built in texas that i'm coming and bringing yeah. back home yeah. and then when i leave home i have i'm transferring my entire life to here now so I have my sister pick me up, and she takes me directly to my other sister's house because my parents were already going over to my other sister's house for dinner that night. Um, so I'm there a few hours before my parents get there. They have no clue that I'm coming home, that I will be home, etc. So my parents finally uh, get to my sister's house, and I'm just chilling at their dinner table. And I'm in, <laughs> I'm in my I'm in my candies uh
1: yes.
2: my camouflage and i'm just chilling and my parents walk my sister's house is laid out so that there's like a hallway before you turn the corner and there's the kitchen
0: oh, so nice.
2: um i hear them come in i'm sitting there and then my dad turns that corner first he just goes whoa <laughs> <And> <laughs> that that's my dad That that's it yeah um uh, and my mom, uh, turns the corner next and she just starts screaming and crying.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> As she, she knows it.
2: how my parents are. Yeah. Um, oh,
1: they're, they're so sweet. I love them. I miss them. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're waiting for you to come over for dinner, bro. All you yeah, gotta you know do is what? text I'm, mom and I'm dad. I'm in
1: Illinois again. I, yeah, I really should. Illinois, yeah. So. And I know they're going to watch it. So shout out. Hi, Mr. And Mrs. Caribbean. And <laughs> <mom> and <dad. laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you guys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, all you have to do is text mom or dad, and that would be fun. That, that would be that'll fun. make curry rice for you.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh that sounds insane.
2: <laughs> You'll sit at my spot in the dinner table.
1: Yes. Yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> so you're there till 2020. Are you on the same mission till 2023?
2: So there's a possibility that I'll be jumping from office to office mission to mission. Uh, okay. uh, it all depends on the needs of the Air Force, the needs that are arising at that time. Um, as of right now, the near future, I will be on this mission for the next few years. But If something happens and they need me somewhere else, then I'll be moving. Cool. Um,
1: what is one of the biggest misconceptions you would say of your work as a fusion analyst and your branch of the military in general?
2: Um, that's tough because a lot of the stereotypes are true. <laughs> like, when it comes to that's like, a good the clickbait line
1: right there for uh, for like a <laughs> ad reel
2: like,
1: and when it comes Force, to
2: like what you think is true yeah um when it comes to like the memes that you see about the branches of the military like you see the marines as like rah. i wish this could suck more um <laughs> like there was one i think i sent to chris um it was like the Army will sleep under the stars. The Navy will navigate by the stars. And then the last one was, the Air Force will choose its hotel lines by its stars. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
2: And the thing is, that's somewhat accurate. Like, my living conditions compared to Army or Marine friends or even Navy friends, I have Air Force friends that live in Navy dorms and they'll come over here to hang out because I just have so much more room. Wow.
1: <laughs> Dang. You're living in luxury, like you were saying. What, it, it do you is. get time to leave base and just go hang out in Hawaii and go like oh, surfing or do absolutely. other stuff?
2: Absolutely. So anytime that like I'm off work, I am free to do whatever I want as long as I don't die and show up to work the next day.
1: What's yeah. been the best part about living in Hawaii? The
2: uh, The weather. <laughs> yeah, yes, dude. Um, I don't have to deal with snow. It doesn't drop below sixty degrees ever. That's like, crazy, dude. Crazy. I love it. I have worn jeans twice being here, and that's because I was told to wear jeans.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Um, dang. Like the weather's great. I I bought a convertible when I came out here, so yeah. I drive around with the top down uh, all Matthew. the time.
1: What You're a kind of cool over there. Is-
2: Huh? What kind of convertible?
1: What's what's a car model?
2: It's a Jaguar F Type. Oh
1: yes, bro. Oh my gosh! <laughs> God. dang, that's fun. I'm sure. It, yeah, how how are the roads out there? Is it fun to drive up there?
2: The roads are shit.
1: Really? Like, really?
2: You think Chicago has potholes? Hawaii yeah. has wow. potholes too. That's,
1: <laughs> that's
2: a, wow. So it rains every day here. Um, even if it only rains for an hour or two it still rains every day and we're surrounded by wilderness like yeah we have Honolulu here but we're still surrounded like if I drive 30 minutes north all I see is mountains and forests like they they filmed Jurassic World here on this island and you see the amount of like wilderness around like Jurassic World movie
1: so have you gone on insane hikes (laughs)
2: <laughs> so hiking um <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: it's a sensitive subject
2: <laughs> so i did go on i've been on two hikes since i've gotten here uh the first hike i went on um i did some dumb things uh because two days prior to that hike i hadn't eaten, and two days prior to that hike i hadn't drank any water the only fluid that i had in my system was from the night before and it was rum and coke
1: Oh. <laughs> um. So
2: I'm. I say, screw it. I'm going on this hike with my friends. You're so
1: dehydrated before you even start.
2: I'm so dehydrated. I brought one of uh, one full hydro is all I brought. Um. And so we start this hike, and I'm going. I'm making it through, and then we get close to the top, and I I'm starting to get like dizzy, things like that, and so I. The hike started getting super steep, like you we were essentially rock climbing at, mm-hmm. um, for this hike. And I lift—I don't lift my leg enough to get to the next foothold, and I bash my knee against a boulder. Oh, uh, and I ended up needing five or six stitches in my knee. Um, did you I continue on the, the hike, or
1: did you go down? Yeah, I was
2: a- I continued up the hike.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, I kept on going up um, I made it to like the next plateau where I could like get a good view and be like okay I made it up uh, yeah, to nice. this point like I could sit down I could take a look at my knee and mm-hmm. call it day I didn't even realize I busted my knee open until I'm walking so I patch my knee I feel the rock hit my knee I look down and I just see white so I think nothing of it because I'm a white boy
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: Uh, So I keep going. Um, And then I get to this next plateau and my knees really hurt. And I look down and it's just pouring blood out of it. Um, And I'm just like, oh, was the white bone? (laughs) (laughs) And this is my thought process, right? In that moment. So I sit down and my friends uh, went up to the next plateau, but they kind of just left my ass behind because <laughs> um, I kind of slowed down because I was so dehydrated I was yeah. kind of lagging behind yeah. so I call my friend and I'm just like hey I busted myself <laughs> and she's she's just like what do you mean you busted yourself and it's like I'm bleeding <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we, she was with one of our other friends and she just I hear her be like or C's. Kirby's bleeding (laughs) and they start coming back down um, and I'm sitting there. This super nice Indian man gave me a bottle of water and a bandage and sprayed some peroxide on it.
1: He held Um, that with him. He was ready. Oh yeah.
2: He was ready. Uh, Way more prepared than I was. (laughs) (laughs) So I pour some of the water on the cut. Um, and then I chug the rest of it. He sprays peroxide on it. We throw the bandaid on and I start, wait, I wait for my friends and start hiking back down, um, this mountain. Uh, we make it to the bottom and two of our friends that was that were with us, um, they left. Uh, they went back to the, came back to the banks, whatever. And my friend Ferris stayed with me. He used to be an EMT. So she's saying like, let me take a look at it. Um. And she's just like, Yeah, you're gonna need stitches. I'm just like, I don't need no damn stitches. I never had them before. I'll be fine. Uh, she's like, No, I'm taking you to get stitches. Um, and I'm looking at her like, I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, Well, we're going to get stitches and I will steal your keys if
0: you make me. Yeah.
2: So we call uh, our insurance provider because um, well, Terry all has the same insurance provider. And we get a referral uh, to go to medical, get stitches. um, And that was the first hike I went on.
1: (laughs) Um, Oh, no.
2: (laughs) So I've been on one other hike, and it's called Cocoa Head Crater. Um, Mm -hmm. It's one of the more tough hikes on the island because it's super steep. Every foothold is at least a foot higher than the last one. Like it's it's a tough bike. It's like a giant staircase, um, but the steps are just mad. Um, I made it halfway up that, um, and I've been having issues with my left leg since basic training, Um, and it starts in like my lower spine, lower back, kind of like glute area, Mm -hmm. uh, and works its way down all the way to my toes. it feels like a sciatic issue uh sciatic okay. nerve issue uh i'm finally getting it looked at i haven't gotten it looked at until good. the other day um and so it's finally getting looked at but with that hike it was just killing me like i couldn't do it. So i made it halfway up and then we went back down i'm like i'm sorry but i'm just in pain
1: well yeah yeah so what
2: you can do then not much I can do. So I'm finally getting my leg looked at, um, as of earlier this week, cool. that hike happens months ago. Wow. <laughs> uh, I've been toughing out this, whatever's wrong with me, uh, for over, a, for about a year. Now. Um,
1: did you, so did you I, x-rays or something?
2: Or- so I get to the doctor's office. I think it was Monday. Yeah. Monday, Monday. I went to the doctor, um, and she's given me a mobility test, whatever. And she's like lifting my leg. It's just, it's pain. So that's the initial diagnosis. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to send you upstairs. I'm going to do an x ray on your lower back. I'm going to prescribe you 800 milligram ibuprofen. And you're going to do three months of physical
1: therapy. <laughs> 800 milligrams. milligrams <laughs> that's the sedated elephant. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a high dose of ibuprofen. Uh, and she said that no, I no can take it. If
1: it's a serious pain though, oh yeah,
2: it, it the ibuprofen helps a lot, uh, which yeah. is nice. I take it in the morning, um, and normally it'll last until I'm winding down for the night. Okay. Um, but and I'm going to be doing three months of physical therapy as well uh, for my leg. Um, I'm also on what's called a profile means i i can't force me to run for the next three months oh,
1: which is kind of nice there yeah <laughs>
2: um, good and so i actually got the results of my x-ray back yesterday and as soon as i got it back i texted him and was like hey bro i am messed up <laughs> <laughs> what so, happened what is it it turns out um if this isn't the source of my pain uh they said but turns out my lower spine Uh, From like the lumbar area to like my pelvis, vertebrae, all the bones fuse together. Uh, And that's not even the source of the pain. Apparently, I was born that way. Um, She said that contributes to why I'm not flexible at all. Um, But the bones in my lower spine, all the bones are just one bone, essentially.
1: That's so crazy.
2: It's essentially a birth defect. I was born. Well, it's crazy how you
1: just found that out now. But that's not the root
2: cause Mm -hmm. of the pain. Yeah, that's not the cause of the pain. So they said that if the physical therapy doesn't help, then they're going to give me an MRI. Uh, And I'm scared of doing an MRI because I just feel like I've been driving with my check engine light on and i don't want a diagnosis
1: (laughs) right (laughs) yeah you're like i kind of want to stay in the dark on this one but you never know like finding out might be better in the proactive you know in the proactive phase. yeah yeah but with the mri too
2: i'm like what if they find other issues like what happened with my back like what if they find out like something seriously is wrong with my entire skeleton like then what <laughs> they'll
1: take care of it man
2: i mean you got the best no, insurance man. ever <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't know man military as long healthcare. as you could
1: still do your job right
2: yeah. exactly yeah. so as long as i can do my job um the air force won't separate me um but i do have to meet certain requirements uh, when it comes to physical standards things like that in order to re-enlist if i decide to
1: do that got it i was gonna um, sorry, ask I to oh sorry you going no, continue I didn't <laughs> ask.
2: Um so when it comes to like reenlistment, there are certain requirements that I have to hit um in order to stay in if I chose to do so. Um, but I won't get separated due to not being able to run. Sure. Which As is, of right is now. good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: Do you in your head, trajectory-wise, plan on staying in this role, or is there other bigger roles you'd like to go on to leadership-wise? Um within, so my the...
2: kind of my kind of path right now that I'm thinking of is first, obviously I'm going to finish my degree. Uh, I'm going to get a bachelor's degree in either some sort, some sort of computer science or technology. Uh, That's the trajectory that I'm thinking of. Uh, After that, I'm going to uh, submit a package uh, to commission as an officer, um, which would mean more leadership, more pay, tons of other benefits, um, because uh, the officer life is even more bougie than normal Air Force life. <laughs> um, so and you would be if,
1: commanding and leading the project teams for what you're doing now, pretty much?
2: To a point. Um, there's no guarantee that I would be doing, working in this same area, things like that. Um, but I would hope to be doing something similar uh, just in a more like leadership role. Um, That's cool. Which would be cool. If that doesn't work, Then I would probably either uh, use that degree to either contract and do a similar job I'm doing now or apply to work for the uh, FBI or CIA.
1: Nice. Which would be a pretty, I think that would, it would, uh, I think it would correlate well for an overlap into a retirement into one of those agencies. Absolutely. 100%. How would you describe the ethic code of the Air Force?
2: So the ethic code of the Air Force is actually really, really like, high. Um, Morals are super uh, high for us. Um, We have three, like, core values, um, which are uh, service service before itself, integrity first, and excellence in all we do, are our three core values, um, which essentially means have integrity, do what's right, no matter what. Um, service before self. The mission, the job, uh, the people come first before your own personal life. Like That's why before I joined, if you saw me up at four in the morning, that means I never went to sleep.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, now I'm up at four in the morning and it just feels normal. Like, I'm up, I'm out of bed, I'm eating breakfast and getting ready uh, for my day. Uh, and I'm just used to that now. Um, and that's just who I am then Uh, and then excellence and all we do is just don't half-ass anything right so when it comes to values and like morals Air Force is definitely uh, it's prominent in everything that we do Um, and they even depending on the squadron you go to my squadron is really good at it is making sure that our morale is good um Like, they want to make sure that we're all taken care of, like, we're all happy, we're all enjoying our lives and not depressed, things like that. And the resources that we have, if we do get depressed or are anxious, the resources are tremendous. They have mental health care. They have chaplains, um, which are pretty much military pastors. um, And they're 100% confidential. Like, you can tell them, hey, I'm gonna go do this, this, and this, and they can't tell a soul. It's, it's one hundred chaplains are the most gangster people you'll ever meet on a military base because they can't
1: <laughs> wow. wow. That's really nice though, that they have these sound humanistic and things that we need as humans just as backing boards to deal with. Life. Absolutely. Like nice. I I wanted to ask, is your project detailing or tasks that you're working on changed based on the recent hackings and cyber attacks that have been happening at the unit in the United States?
2: Uh, I'm sure some team has changed sure. uh, when it comes to my team. Not really. Um, my follow-up not-
1: question is what do you think of all of the recent occurrences? I mean, we had with the wind turbine company, we had Russia and that, hi- that cyber attack. And then with recently with the oil company and that going on, um, what, what are your thoughts on all that?
2: So, I actually haven't really been keeping up uh, too much on it uh, personally, which is probably something I should keep up on. Uh, but when it comes to the news, uh, my main source of news is all at work, um, and that's on a specific area. Like, I don't really, fo- like, we have teams to focus on those other areas. My area is my area, so I'm filling my head with that background knowledge mainly. So when it comes to, like, Russian hacking, things like that, I'm just like, okay, I know that there's people on this already, so I don't really have to pay attention to them.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, you're really, like, detail-centric on your mission. like Your exactly. segment you're focused on.
2: It's, it's getting to the point where, like, there's been a few nights where I wake up in the middle of the night thinking of what I was doing at work or what I need to do the next day and I'm already halfway through that task in my head.
1: I'm <laughs> <laughs> just so ready to go.
2: It's it's getting to that point where like the systems that we use at work, I see the entire layout in my own mind. Wow. And I'm essentially moving data in my own mind. It's really weird and it freaks That's me out so sometimes. Cool. That's pretty
1: <laughs> I I I don't even I'm curious to see later down the road when I catch up with you again, how that experience is going on. If that happens even more like.
2: It probably will. Like, cause yeah. a lot of the people I work with, so I work with linguists as well. So people that are trained by the military to speak another language. Sure. And so cool, man. I have,
1: are you decoding like, audio? Do, will you get MP3s in another language and have to sit there and decode that yourself? Some people will. Some people will. Okay. Uh, I love this. Um, I love this. this is so <laughs> oh, this is a good question. Is there advanced telecommunication, telecommunication softwares or tools you guys use that the, the civilian market doesn't know about, or wouldn't know about?
2: I mean, if there was, I wouldn't be able to say anything about.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had to try, right? Yeah, right. Yes, I, I get it, one hundred percent. Do you guys have like? Are you able to like? Like, do you guys have the ability to like, like just tap in anywhere? Like, is there like 3D devices that just transfer data or is this, is this like, is this, I don't know. Is this something that anyone could learn? And it's just like, you guys just exploit them to another degree.
2: Anyone, So what I do, anyone can learn. Um, It's honestly, it's
1: not like you have a special software that puts you above anything else in regards to like what you can do.
2: No, not at all. Uh, if you have the right tools, the right stuff, anyone can learn uh, the job. Pretty, I wouldn't say easily. It does take time um, to get your mind to think that way, uh, but that's the main thing: is getting over your own brain.
1: Is the tasking and objectives more more politically driven or more militarily militaristically driven? Like the based on so, the agenda of which, I guess more.
2: It's a bit of both, honestly. Um, okay. When it comes to how they assign missions, it's definitely they take all different factors into consideration. Mm. Um, it's not like, hey, this happened, so we have to test this. Um, no, it's definitely a very open panel of just like weighing where our resources would best be utilized. Right. Um, just because, yeah. It seems like the military has all the money in the world, but there are still budgets. There are still reasons that, uh, certain things have to be allocated to this area and not this area.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's so, like, right. You could have, you could have 10 evils, but which evil is going to be the most worse today?
2: You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is why resources are always allocated to certain areas at certain times, um, To the even the time of year sometimes uh, determines what what area gets that resource.
1: So how how do you how do we combat combat adversaries? With these similar technologies to what you guys are doing, because clearly, if we are doing this, there's other countries, other intelligence agencies. Is that something you're worried about on your base, or your focus on, or is that something you have to ever think about? Or do you, you know, are your computers always wiping themselves just to make sure there's no trace or track? Like, how do how do you guys defend against the same things that you guys use?
2: So obviously, yeah, other countries, our adversaries have similar technology uh, to us um and there's always different counterintelligence ways around it um that's about the extent that i can touch on that
1: (laughs) (laughs) and counterintelligence isn't something that we're always doing is it only like okay this specific altercation would need counterintelligence or is it like virus protection on a computer we're always doing it
2: so there's always some sort of counterintelligence because you can have passive counterintelligence kind of like a firewall on a computer or a virus um, but then there's also active counterintelligence. And then there's also counter-counter intelligence where
1: shit just crazy. Wait, counter-counter meaning it counters the counter. Correct. Wow. That's brilliant. <laughs> wow. What is is there what are you what what advancements are you excited for in the next 10 to 15 years that you think could reflect on the work that you do day to day?
2: honestly, I don't know where things are going um, when it comes to advancements. Yeah, faster computers, um, better technology, things like that are going to be great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm honestly not sure uh, what the next tool that I'm going to be able to use is. Or I don't know if my Wi-Fi is going to shut out tomorrow. I don't know what's going
1: (laughs) to happen. (laughs) Uh, Is there a symbiotic relationship yet with ai and machine learning and your role um do you guys use ai on a daily basis is that something that's incorporated
2: i don't personally use it but i know there are um, teams that have
1: probably the same more. teams that are coding are using yeah like that. yeah yeah
2: teams that have to code things um and scripting things like that there is a bit more ai to that we have a lot of automated processes um sure. that we've had people come forward for us um but a machine can't think like a human can uh mm. not yet at least um, yeah. they can get damn close sometimes but the the human element uh definitely uh helps a lot in certain things
1: yeah that is very true actually to kind of chime in here i did recently find an article of um, article being video that uh, showed (laughs) google (laughs) yeah that google has actually created um like the google assistant yeah that's Mm -hmm. always been a thing but they're finally like allowing it to make calls for you and it's like scary realistic like they'll set appointments they'll order pizza like these crazy things that you're just like hey google and it will Make functionally respond to a, reception, a yeah. receptionist on the but other end. But it sounds like a legit human, like you, yeah. if you're on the other line, you would not know the difference if it was a real human or if it was just freaking Google talking to you. It's crazy. I that mean, would my be, phone I, already, would, I would love to use that for counter-counter intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> right? That would be it's, insane.
2: The way technology is going, there's a lot of cool stuff um, that's being worked on. Uh, like, so since I wear contacts- um, I always had a fascination with like Google glasses or Google yeah. lenses. Yeah. Um, that was always a fascination of mine, like being able to see augmented reality over your actual vision. Um, yeah. There's actually contact lenses that are working on like that. Um, I was gonna say the-
1: they have glasses for colorblind people, right? No they do.
2: So the glasses, uh, my roommate back in Goodfellow actually had some. he was colorblind as well.
1: Did you do them?
2: <laughs> I did. So I can see color. I'm not just gray and white and black. I can Uh, see color. It's just there's certain shades that my eye can't differentiate between. So when I tried on his glasses, like we were in some like botanical garden uh, when I took them from him and tried them on. And I, it wasn't like the videos where you see like people cry <laughs> like, oh my god this is how this feels <laughs> yeah but it was a little bit like overwhelming um for my eyes because everything just became so much more vibrant um the way like i see things everything's very mute. like yeah i see color i can see bright color but it's not like in your face like Hey, I'm right here. Type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything's still very muted and still very like mellow. Wow. But I put those glasses on, especially in like this garden where there's flowers everywhere. It was it overloaded me a little bit, and I'm just like, this is how you see the world all the time. How do you do it?
1: That's. I would.
2: My brain would be overloaded.
1: Were you actually able to see the color, like that you can't normally see, like?
2: Mm -hmm. So I was able to see like different shades uh, that I normally can't see. And like the transition, like
1: like, just red, but now you saw red, A, B, C, D,
2: you know. Exactly. It was really weird. Like, cause there was this one like blue purple flower. And when I didn't have the glasses on, I see blue and I see what my mind says is purple, um, which is like very pinkish. I have trouble seeing purple. I always
1: have. Yeah.
2: Um, but I, I remember when you told me on. that
1: for the first time. Sorry to cut you off, but I do remember. Not even it. Good. it was Spanish <laughs> class. It was oral. Was oral com- it was oral communications. Yeah, but it was like half Spanish. Was that
2: class. with? Uh, was that
1: with Miss Livingston? Livingston? <laughs> yeah. Oh my That was the God. first time because I was shook. I was like, because we were coloring something, <laughs> and and I don't remember what. Uh, actually, it was the it was a book about me like we had a, we had an assignment where it was just like every page you had to put like a picture of you or your family or whatever. And you had to like describe it in Spanish. And I was like coloring over the letters or something with purple. And I don't, I honestly don't know how it was brought up, but that's when you told me. And I was like, no, like you can't see this. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Like you think this is blue? That's so crazy. Didn't Miss
2: Livingston get pregnant that year?
1: Yeah. That's when she left. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She got prego and she was just mean the entire time
1: yeah oh, she yeah she had a yeah that was a process but yeah it was <laughs> it was interesting, it was interesting yeah <laughs> so, wow. so
2: i put these glasses on and i was able to see like the purple for one and i was able to see the shades of transition into blue like because oh, this flower it was so gorgeous cool. it was beautiful
1: that's um really but cool. i was able wow. to see like
2: the blue turn into purple Wow. Uh whereas my regular vision is just like blue, pinkish color.
1: That's so crazy. I always yeah. like to ask because I I wanna I wanna wrap up here shortly. I know it's getting it's getting fairly late for us over here. Um I always ask <laughs> every uh, guest.
2: What should you talk about? It's still early. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's like, <laughs> what it's like, it's like
1: it's like five o'clock, four o'clock, five, four o'clock for you, it's, maybe.
2: It's almost it's about five forty. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's almost eleven here.
2: I I got a lot of daylight left, dude. Oh man! Yeah,
1: man, you get to still go have dinner and do everything. I mean, I'm still I'm gonna eat something because I haven't eaten dinner yet. But yeah,
2: I probably won't eat the rest of the day. Honestly,
1: really? I don't tell me about this. Is this like a breakfast at four a.m. and then I'm good the rest of the day type of thing?
2: So I can do that. I do do that fairly often, actually. Um, I don't like intermittent fasting. I guess so. I, I don't <laughs> get the urge to eat. I don't get hungry. Like, I don't have that response of, hey, I'm hungry. Or if I do, it is very, very infrequent.
1: Um, I need those genes. And then he has a crumb <laughs> and he's full. <laughs>
2: like, so I- You eat take in some before. air and you're good.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I eat uh, eggs, hey, sausage, and cheese uh, for breakfast every morning. Uh, I meal prep on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so I just eat eggs, sausage, and cheese with some cheese That's on top of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to, I make over easy eggs <laughs> yeah. and sausage patties every morning yeah. on the morning.
2: <laughs> so yeah. mine is mine scrambled, uh, with sausage inside of the scrambled yeah. eggs.
1: You like break up uh, the sausage. Yeah. You like make a little yep. scramble.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I meal prep it Sunday and I just scoop it out of the bowl, heat it up and eat that throughout the week. That's smart. Um, because I do you think I'm going to cook it for in the morning.
1: Do you even have a, Is there like a mess house or something you can go eat at?
2: So we have a dining facility right across the street, but um, I don't work on base. Uh, so because I don't have access to a dining facility during the workday, I don't eat at the, deep, the dining facility. I get extra pay so I can buy food.
1: Yeah, you just type yeah. in yourself for food. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah
2: so we get i get the basic uh basic allowance for sustenance a bas
0: nice.
2: um extra on my paycheck whereas most people that live in barracks don't get that they just run across the street and...
1: yeah use a meal nice. card or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. um
2: so i eat breakfast and then at work i'll just snack on sunflower seeds uh
1: literally I'll I'll protein I'll... good sodium too yep yeah a lot of a lot of sodium yeah (laughs) chugging a lot of those those, uh hydro flasks
2: yeah pretty much i go through probably two or three a day at work um which is good i need the water did you
1: need to be day to day do you need to be a better writer or a better reader
2: that's a lot of both honestly um because just the amount of information that i see on a daily basis that's why my brain is just off by the time i leave work yeah
1: i'm sure like, yeah just, this... you don't want to look at anything you just want to decompress mm-hmm.
2: like i have to put on my brain cells in the morning that's how bad it gets like i get home my brain cells off i leave for work i got to turn them all on again yeah cuz i come home and after work a lot of times i'll work out um at least 3 times a week and then i'll literally put on some shorts have no shirt on and just lay in bed and watch Netflix the rest of the night. Nope. Nice.
1: Yeah, Cause um, you just go so hard during the hours that you're on.
2: Yeah, man. Pretty much. That's how it is. Like, yeah, there are days where I will just mess around, um, or like take breaks to mess around. And the office is cool with that. Like there's certain times where we could literally like stop and go just talk with friends. Um, and then really nice. take that break and then go back to work.
1: Is there always no, work to do? There's never like a downtime, like, oh, I've completed today's tasks.
2: There's never downtime. There's always some sort of side project that can be fun. Um, if you're done with your main task, then you have your secondary and third tasks. Got it. Um, so that, eating sunflower seeds at work. When I do work out, I'll chug a protein shake right afterward. And a lot of times I won't eat the rest of the day after that protein shake. Um, If I don't work out, then I'll have some chicken or maybe a few sausage links or some potatoes and call it a day. And if anything else, then I just snack on some like the rest of the night.
1: Okay. Yeah. I see you. It's, 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 it wouldn't work for me, but I like it. I like it. That's, yeah, <laughs> I wish I was it, <laughs> it doesn't
2: work for most people. Um, like all my friends will look at me and be like, dude, how do you just not eat when you're at work? You're here for eight hours a day.
0: Literally. And I'm
2: just like, I just don't get hungry. Like I'm so focused on my work.
1: I think There's you no access this like deep state learning space. <laughs> There's this psychological principle I've been listening to this neuroscience guy talk about, and it's called deep state focus. And it sounds to me almost as if you access that place almost every time you go into work. Yeah.
2: Possibly, honestly. Like there's been times like even before I did the military, um, being a car guy, I was always washing my car because back home I have a 2015 Camaro SS. Well, nice. And there were days where I would be washing it while working on it and not eat for 12 hours because I'm just so focused on my task. And he's, I've probably told him, or he's probably oh, been yeah. here for some of it where I'm just so focused on something. Mm-hmm. And he'll yes. look at me and be like, bro, are you going to eat? I'm just like, what do you mean? He's like, it's been like eight hours.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm hungry. We yeah. need to go eat now. <laughs> oh, <Yes. laughs> and that's, there's and- a lot of truth to that. I, mean, I know even now with my current position and working with you guys, well, we it's at like, really unconventional hours it is but it's almost like it's almost like an inconvenience it's it like is. my stomach hurts it is. i need to eat but it's like <laughs> i have things that i need and want to do you know so it's, it is. it's one of those like okay we need to get food just so my stomach just stops being annoying yeah yes. and it's like i can continue to work and not right
2: myself. see i don't get that pain that pain just doesn't happen either i i think i've just been doing this kind of thing for so long that my stomach is just like what screw it he ain't gonna listen anyway
1: yeah your stomach's (laughs) just like all right i'm ready to be in starvation mode now whatever you know it's its primal instinct (laughs) give me water
2: pretty i just drink water and sunflower seeds at work and people will see that and be like what is wrong with you Absolutely
1: it's, nothing. it's like a, it sounds like a rock climber like uh, alex holden and them those guys would do mm-hmm. very similar pattern of routine hearty protein yeah. heavy breakfast very light throughout the day just because mm-hmm. he's so focused
2: yeah and like i get on chris all the time i always tell him to go to like go to the gym and work out all the yes, time yes
1: dude i uh thank you <laughs> i will i will get him to, i will make him come with and I always enjoy like telling him When was like, the last I'll- time you were at a gym, my friend? <laughs> last time I was at a gym, two weeks ago. I went to gym two weeks ago. Remember, I went one day. I think you were supposed to because that was your MMA stuff, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that too. And then you can't hide it because of a
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> these podcasts have been ruining my evening schedules just because, like, I'm filming these in the evening. It's either in the evening or way early in the yeah. morning.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> but, like, so me, like, I work out here at home. I do either calisthenics, so push-ups, sit-ups, yeah. things like that, or I have a set of dumbbells that I
1: lift with. That's good. here yeah. I have done yoga a couple times, though. Yeah, yoga. Yoga for days. Yeah. I, I'm not flexible. I can't do yoga. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, because it's um, a thing. Yeah, that's – Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. So I'll work out here, and afterward, like, I've sent him, like – a three month span of like how I looked when I first started versus like three months later. Yeah. And absolutely. I was just like, I straight up was like, Hey, do you see a difference? Like I don't really see, cause I'm with myself like every day.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, oh, but your so, physique's probably always changing. I'm sure. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. It adapts so quickly too. Like if I don't work out for a week, i See a noticeable difference in like my body versus if I work out three times in one week or more, immediately I start like getting somewhat cut again. My arms are visibly like bigger. It's really yeah. weird, especially because I don't really eat very much. So
1: so bulking hard,
2: yeah. Bulking is super hard for me. It always has been. Um, like, before I left for the military, uh, I was working out five days a week. Um, and I wasn't bulking. I sent him pictures, and I start just getting just cut. <laughs> You'd probably have that. to
1: eat, like, four pieces of chicken at lunch, 10 eggs for breakfast type yeah. of thing.
2: Yeah. Man. Yeah. It would be, like, back when I was, like, working out five days a week, my like, breakfast was three eggs and um mass gainer uh shake mm. and mass gainer if you've ever had it you know how like thick it's like you're drinking just pure like melted vanilla ice cream
1: interesting but you're wow. drink
2: but you're drinking like a gallon of it <laughs> 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 it feels like
1: <laughs> man like packing it's on rough. weight yeah
2: You're just trying to pack on, and this masking or shape, it's so thick that it's just like, oh, my God. And then that was my breakfast, and then I wouldn't eat till dinner because that masking or shape just keeps you. I wouldn't have to eat for the rest of the day, but I would force myself to eat two pieces of chicken for dinner every night, too, when I was going to the gym that frequently. Um, just because I was trying to put on muscle, put on weight, and it was a chore to eat, mm. and I was just eating like lightly seasoned chicken breasts with some ranch dressing mm. uh, for dinner every night because I'd be working. So just head up in the microwave, eat that, and call it a day.
1: Yeah, keep going. Um,
2: and then I went to basic, and I just I ruined my
1: Basic <laughs> training
2: ruins that schedule. Um, that i was on and with covid going to the gym how i like going to the gym is super hard mm-hmm. because when i was working out five days a week i would go at 10 o'clock at night after work, when nobody's in the gym
1: because yeah,
2: right. i don't want to deal with people
1: um, yeah you're there just especially and work out
2: exactly i want to go in I don't want to wait on anyone. I don't want anyone waiting on me. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. I'm going to get my stuff done. So I go in, I would get out within an hour or two. um, And I would feel good. Because of COVID, no gym really is 24 hours anymore. And if it is 24 hours, really hard to find a 24-hour gym. Um, the on-base gyms used to be 24 hours before covid now they close at like six or seven and while they are open they kick you out every hour so they can sanitize the gym
1: they were doing that it's it's that's the worst because like i I would i would show up specifically when i was at my school during that last semester before covid you'd show up you get ready to go and they'd be like sorry actually it's 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 our time window we got to kick you out right
2: and you're just like i like, my Just workout out. will be an hour to two hours. And I don't want to have to take a break between that unless I want to take a break between that. Right. Like, leave me alone. Let me do my stuff and get out of your hair. And then you could sanitize your gym.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, like,
2: right. Especially, like, on a military base, too. 80% of us are vaccinated now. Sure, mm, um, yeah. So that vaccine, like... If you're so concerned about us getting it first off, let us have our freedom to a point. At least don't kick us out of the gym every hour.
1: Right, exactly. Let
2: me work out without my mask because working out with a mask is just God awful.
1: It it is difficult. Yeah. It's not fun. It's endurance training at that point. It's not fun at all. It's just annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to ask, uh, I ask every guest who comes on the show, from the life experience that you've had thus far, And uh, of course, we're always growing, changing, adapting. What is one piece of advice that you would leave or give to the audience?
0: Hmm.
2: That's tough. Um, My best advice probably will be to not settle on the path that you're on um, and always push forward for more. Uh, Don't get complacent. Uh, Complacency is toxic. Um, If you settle down with what you're doing, you're gonna get stuck there. Um, pick yourself up, keep going forward. And no matter what happens, at least you're moving forward. You might fail, but at least you're moving forward.
1: Right. That's a great one. Thank you so much. And uh, really appreciate your time today, Chris. I would really love to have you on again in the future. If you want to live. we'll run it back and we'll do a part two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Easy.
2: Uh, absolutely. Easy, no problem. Me and Chris have a ton of stories.
1: Oh, I, I, I can imagine that. Just even even this has been so simple to talk with you. Just going back and forth and hearing, hearing your mindset mentality. I think It's been quite interesting. So thank you again for the conversation.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'll be in touch. Chris, I talk to you every day. I so. talk to you every day, man. Yeah, I love you, brother. Thanks for joining love us. Love you too, bro.